0: Okay, let's go ahead and come back together, find our seats. Our last time digging into God's Word together for 2019. And we want to come back to something that we've talked about throughout the year and a theme that has just woven its way throughout our year. But first, this is the week of resolutions, right? Where we could... No? How many of you make any sort of New Year's resolutions? Okay, you guys are lying. No, no, I don't know, I don't know. We, we make resolutions, right? We're looking forward to things. What are some of the common resolutions you've heard people make? Go on a diet, lose weight. That's like number one probably, right? Go to the gym. Go to the gym. That's it? <laughs> There's got to be other resolutions. What else have you heard? Drink less coffee. Drink less coffee. And then a fight broke out. <laughs> more <coffee. laughs> drink more coffee, yeah. So we have, let's see, if this is the right side and wrong side, this is the drink more coffee? No, just kidding. Um, I, I did look up on the internet some, some odd types of resolutions, right? Just to give you some ideas. Um, I promised to buy a brand new scale because my, my mind keeps reading the same old numbers. I will stop checking Facebook or Instagram every five minutes, especially when I have an exam. I think that was a college student. Um, I will no longer sit in the front of the computer screen all day. I will only stay an hour a day. Um, yeah, okay, there's, there's some, some here. Um, I don't have a New Year's resolution. You don't need them when you're perfect. Maybe, maybe that's why there's not very many resolutions here. We just have a perfect church family. Um, This one's disturbing. I will protect children by not texting on my phone while eating junk food and speeding through crosswalks and school zone while my windshield is covered with frost. Okay, yeah, that's way too specific. There's there's a story there. Um, And then in honor of the one you guys said, I will drive by the fitness center at least once a week to pay my respects. See, go to the fitness center. That counts, right? Just um driving by. All kinds of resolutions though, because we're at the end of a year, we're at a milestone where we we end one sequence of events or one time in our lives, and we're looking forward to a new year and what might happen in the new year. And I'm I'm all for new starts and new resolutions and things like that. But today what I what I want to challenge us with is something that we've talked about throughout the year. Thinking about living by the Holy Spirit. And I challenge you that if you have any overarching resolution, if you have any goal this next year, make your goal to live by the Holy Spirit. To walk in the Holy Spirit. To set your mind on the Holy Spirit. Because quite frankly, if you do that, none of the others matter. And if you don't do that, none of the others matter. We've we've got to get the main thing, the main thing. And, And we, as believers, it's about walking in the Spirit. It's about living with the, the Holy Spirit who indwells us, who God has given us to give us strength to live for God, to give us strength for dealing with 2020, whatever happens in 2020. Jesus said, I will go away, but I will give you another, a better comforter than I am. And so we've been talking about that, and I think at Christmas it's very appropriate because we've just celebrated Advent the coming of Christ. We've sang about Emmanuel, God with us. But then when Jesus left, he said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. And for every believer, the Holy Spirit indwells us 24 hours, seven days a week, 12 months out of the year. God is still with us through his spirit. And it's worth talking about. Just to remind ourselves where we've been, we, we, we talked about the Holy Spirit throughout the year. We did a, a little mini-series with Doctrine of the Holy Spirit, and we looked at the role of the Holy Spirit as helper and someone that comes alongside and comforter and one that intercedes for us and helps us understand Scripture. And you can go back and listen to some of those sermons if you want and really dive into what the Holy Spirit does. But then we talked about being led by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And we talked about practicing dependence, daily dependence, praying through your day, every meeting you go into, praying before that, say, Holy Spirit, give me strength for this, give me wisdom for this. Really, an an ongoing habit of talking to the Spirit is practically how we wanted to put that into place. And we talked about asking the Holy Spirit to reveal and deal with sin in our lives, which is probably not the highest on our list of what we want the Holy Spirit to do but to reveal and deal with sin in our lives. We talked about acting on spirit impulses. And how do, you, how do you even put into words what it means to have the Holy Spirit direct you somewhere and you do it and you see God work? Because that sounds so mystical and it sounds so a little bit crazy, but yet that's how the Holy Spirit works. And the Holy Spirit is indwelling us to guide us, to give us those impulses, to direct us. Talked about finding your spiritual gifts and using them. And that's part of walking in the Spirit. Talked about being in Spirit-filled community. If you're not in Spirit-filled community, it is so hard to hear the Holy Spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit, and to follow the Holy Spirit. But as we're in Spirit-filled community, we, we feed on each other, and iron sharpens iron. And all of these things are part of what it means to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Today, I wanted to come back and remind ourselves of those things. One, because it's now been a few months. And I know we I heard so many comments about, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to live by the Spirit. This is this is really exciting to think about. But then a few months later, just like our resolutions, we can forget that. And so I wanted to come back at the end of the year and say, this is still what we're about. The Holy Spirit still indwells us. This is something that shouldn't be a mini-series. It should be a habit, a lifestyle. But also to do that, I want to go to, to one other aspect of walking in the Spirit that we didn't talk about, and a passage we didn't dive into to real deeply, and talk about what it means to set your mind on the Spirit. So Paul talks a lot about walking in the Spirit, but then he also gives instruction to set your mind on the Spirit of God. And so today I want to explore what does that mean? What does that look like? Because it's part of the key to seeing the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed in our lives is to set our mind on the Spirit. In fact, if I had to summarize today, I'd say to to have the fullness of life that God wants for us, we must actively and intentionally develop a mindset focused on the Holy Spirit. To have the fullness of life that God wants for us, that Jesus died on the cross to give us and rose again the third day, we must actively and intentionally develop a mindset focused on the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. That's where we'll be spending most of our time today. Romans chapter 8. We'll be starting at verse 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's a black hardback one under one of the chairs right around you. Um, Please take that out. Follow along. Also, it should be live on the the UVersion events if you're using the UVersion app. But we'd love for you to follow. If you don't have a Bible at home, take that home with you as our gift to you so you have God's Word. But Romans chapter 8. We'll be starting... verse 5 i just want to read this section first and then we'll we'll dive into a number of things that one of the things in this section paul weaves together a lot of different concepts and sometimes i can provide this really good outline two verses here two verses here two verses this this passage isn't one of those this passage is okay this thought is in every verse and this thought is in every verse and this thought is in every verse so bear with me if you're if you're not a linear thinker you'll love this passage if you're a linear thinker, then um, work with me on this. We'll, we'll still break it into points because I am and um, try to look at it that way. But Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Let's bow our heads and pray for, for God to work through his word. Lord God, we, we do ask your Holy Spirit to reveal your truth, to reveal your word to us, to just illuminate our hearts, to convict us, Lord, to challenge us, to encourage us. Lord, use your words to form us into godly men and women. In your name. So we come to this text, and Paul is talking about walking in the Spirit. In fact, verse 4, he introduces the concept of walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. And, and a couple of just terms, when we talk about the flesh, we are not talking about our physical bodies, okay? When we say walking in the flesh, we could think, well, yeah, I, I have flesh, I have bones. That's a good thing if, you, if you're on this planet. But note what Paul is saying here when he talks about flesh is that body of thoughts, that body of actions that represent this fallen sinful world. Okay, so the flesh in each of us represents our impulse to sin, our, the, the draw of sin in our lives. It's our natural man, and, and it really can represent our own desires. Now, as believers, we're given a new man, right? We're a new creation. But we still have this draw while we're on this planet while we're on this earth, to sin, to self-centeredness, to pride. And so that is what Paul is talking about when he's talking flesh here. He's talking about that natural man, those sinful desires and inclinations we fight. And so he starts in verse 5 and says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. And point number one, as we go through points just of how to develop spirit mindfulness, how to develop a mind that is focused on the spirit, we need to deliberately, or you could put intentionally, deliberately focus your mind on the things of the spirit. Deliberately or intentionally focus your mind on the things of the spirit. Take captive our thoughts and make sure it's heading that direction. If you want to put it a different way, think about the spirit a lot or all the time. And so we, we come to that verse in verse 5, and Paul uses this idea of setting your mind on things of the Spirit or on things of the flesh, and we'll get to that in a minute. And I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and after we finished our series on the Holy Spirit, I was reading this and reading another book on the Holy Spirit, and, and they came to this verse and talked about it in a very different way from walking in the Spirit, which is why I wanted to revisit it today today. Because there's some really powerful things when we start to think about setting our minds on something. Now, this is another term that we have to define. What does it mean to set your mind on on anything, let alone the spirit? And the word here is just very intentional. It's not just to think about or to casually think about or or it's not even to think about, okay, where am I going to lunch there? That's not setting your mind on something. Setting your mind, the word here means to to set inti- or to think intently about something continually, to dwell on, to give serious consideration to. So this isn't a casual, fleeting thought. This is really meditating on something, focusing on something, mulling it over in our head, trying to come up with every angle. That is setting your mind on something. Undoubtedly, every one of us in this room has had something happen this year that just begins to consume your thoughts as you're doing research and figuring things out. That is setting your, your mind on it. This is different. I, this is different, like I said, from just politely listening to something. You know, you, we all went through family things this week. And undoubtedly, you knew the difference when someone was just politely listening to you and when they were really listening to you, right? You can tell the difference by their questions, by their interactions, if they even look at you, you know, things like that. And and to set your mind on something is to intently listen to, to interact. You know, My my kids, even this last week, were, were telling me something a, a couple of the nights, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I know no other dad ever does this. And then right after they're done, I ask the question that what they said just answered. And they're like, Dad... And I thought, okay, I'm done with that. And then I did it to my wife this morning. And I'm like, okay, because we, we aren't thinking intently on these things. To set our minds on the spirit is to think intently and, and continually about. Um, a couple other parts of the definition that some authors brought out. To, to set your mind on something means that that becomes what you desire and pursue. So it is a consuming idea rather than a fleeting thought. Um, to develop an attitude based on a line of thought. When we think about mindset, it's a whole attitude, right? And that attitude filters everything in our worldview. Well, Paul is saying, have a mindset that is focused on the Spirit. An attitude based on who the Spirit is. Based on conforming to the will of that person. Or it can be an idea, but in this case, it's a person, the Holy Spirit. And so this verse is rich. It's rich in meaning. And I've I've read this just quickly so many times, but then to dig into it, it's convicting. How continually do I think about the Holy Spirit? How intently do I think about what He wants and what He desires and whether I, I am following His course of action? Village, if we're to be a church that sees the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed, that, that knows what His will is and knows the direction, we have to actually think about Him. We actually have to know Him. And, and, and so we can, we can relegate this to, yes, it's the work of the Holy Spirit to direct us, but this is the human responsibility part that we saw all throughout Esther. Our responsibility is to order our minds, to order our thoughts, to be thinking of, of who He is, what He does, and what He wants. We're to set our minds on the Spirit, intently think about Him, how He would lead, develop an attitude or a demeanor like He's always on our mind. This should be with us all the time. One author, I, I, another author I loved, um, compared it to having a song stuck in your head, right? We were helping some, Jacob and Sarah move yesterday, and someone started singing, this is the song that never ends. Bless their heart. And it never—it just goes through your mind, right? And it, it, you're hearing it over and over and over. Or right now, we have Frozen 2 out. And, when, and I know with Frozen 1, whenever anyone would say Frozen, everyone would start singing. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Thank you for that too. Um, and, and we get these songs in our heads and we can't get them out. And this author described, that's sort of what it means to have a mindset based on the Holy Spirit. We can't stop thinking about it. Right, It's just consuming us and it, it is controlling every idea that we have. But we're not used to this. We have so many things at us, whether it's social media or just the hectic schedules or the issues of life, that the, the thoughts of the Holy Spirit get relegated to the sidelines. And we already talked about it, even as, as a conservative Bible-believing church, sometimes the, the pendulum has been to not even talk about the Holy Spirit. Which is horrible considering this is one of the greatest gifts God has given us. So we need to develop a mind that is thinking about the Holy Spirit. In the end, our mindset controls us. Our mindset determines our direction. Again, you saw this at Christmas. If your kids were expecting A and they got B, where, where did their mindset lead them? Tears, anger, yelling, screaming. I know, no kids here. But if they expected B and wanted B and got B, now what's their mood? They are happy. They are excited. Best thing ever. Their mindset affected their actions. Their mindset affected their attitudes to the exact same gift. And Paul here, as he's going to explain this, He's going to say, when we set our minds on things of the Spirit, it affects everything. It affects everything. Ken Birding wrote, "Whatever whatever your mind is set upon will determine to a large degree how you are doing in the Christian life. Let me read that again. Whatever your mind is set upon will determine to a large degree how you are doing in your Christian life. Is it set on the Spirit or is it set on the flesh? So how can we do this? How can we do this with the Holy Spirit? It's 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 a discipline we have to learn, but what does that look like? And and my hope is to give us some practical tools this morning to say how we... Because it is a, a decision. It is a discipline. In fact, the word there is set your minds. There's intentionality. It's a command. Do this. Set your mind on the Holy Spirit. And so how do we make that decision and do that discipline? And part of that, like I said, is we have to get to know the Holy Spirit. What is He about? That means reading God's Word. Reading God's Word daily. If we're not in God's Word, how can you know the Holy Spirit? How can you know what God's will is for you? How can you know what God is wanting to tell you? So daily Bible reading, memorization. And and we give a memory verse every week in, in the notes and a chance for you to be able to follow along in in the the Scripture memory program that many of you are using. Our group has those verses each time because we want to saturate ourselves with God's Word. That's part of how we begin to have a mindset that is focused on the Spirit. But if we're to think of the Holy Spirit and who He is and what He is like, what would a key passage be? Probably going to the fruit of the Spirit, right? Right? If we're trying to figure out, okay, what does it mean to think about the Holy Spirit, to have a mindset of the Holy Spirit, I think we have to go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and say this is what the Spirit represents. These are the characteristics, the qualities of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so if we're to set our mind on the Spirit, we start thinking through these things. Now, how does this work in real life? Because we don't just sit and and meditate on love. Well, some people do. Joy. I think we get real practical with this. And as we enter every situation throughout the day, we ask the question How can I bring love to the situation? How can I bring peace to the situation? How can I bring joy to this room, to this situation? How can I bring patience? How can I bring kindness? How can I bring goodness and faithfulness? How can I bring gentleness instead of an angry response? And and as we begin to, to enter situations and go through situations, whether it be going into the office or whether family gatherings or seeing neighbors or wherever it is, if we start intentionally saying, How can I exhibit these characteristics of the Holy Spirit in this situation? We're training our mind to to set our mindset on the Holy Spirit. How can I be this kind of person? How can I be an agent of the Holy Spirit to instill these in these situations? And so then we begin to, to settle into routines of these characteristics we are intentionally making part of our day. So as you go to lunch today, how can you bring love there? How can you bring gentleness and joy and making sure that we are intentionally practicing these? I think another way to to train our minds and have a mindset on the Holy Spirit is to always be asking, what might the Holy Spirit be doing here? In every situation... What might the Holy Spirit be doing now? now I know our natural inclination is, "Oh no, the situation's horrible. What am I going to do?" That's a. It's so different to say, "Well, I, I know this situation's hard. I know this trial is extremely difficult." But what might the Holy Spirit be doing here? What might God be wanting to accomplish? And I know that in any situation, no matter how dire, we can choose to think this way and choose to order our mind around who the Holy Spirit is. Or we can choose to fall into despair. Let's choose the Holy Spirit. Despair is no fun. Despair is not joyful. Not that the Holy Spirit is all about fun. But despair doesn't bring us joy. It doesn't bring us peace. It doesn't bring us these, this fruit of the Spirit. What might the Holy Spirit want to do here? I think part of as well having a mindset on the Spirit is noticing when He does work. Noticing what He has done. And some of you, even this week, one of you said, you know this happened? And that clearly was the Holy Spirit. There, there was no other explanation for what happened but the Holy Spirit. Now then, we're we, again, our mind is set on the Holy Spirit. Because we're seeing what He's done. In fact, this next year, just a little preview of our theme for next year, we're going to be celebrating what God has done and celebrating, remembering what God has done throughout Scripture in our lives and celebrating it because that is part of having a mindset based on the Spirit. It consumes our thoughts. And so be in God's Word and and be asking how you can bring the fruit of the Spirit to bear in every situation. Notice what the Holy Spirit's doing. Be looking for what He's doing in every situation. These are ways that we start to obey verse 5. Then those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just a five-minute quiet time in the morning. Well, I encourage that. It's something that consumes every part of our day. Leon Morris wrote, such people, people that are are, um, spirit mindset people, such people are not intermittently interested in the things of the Spirit. Their whole being centers on them. What the Spirit does is they're absorbing interest. See, the goal here is a pattern or habit that carries every moment of every day. Be absorbed by the Holy Spirit. Be absorbed by thinking about Him and what He's doing and how He's working. And so we see that all in verse 5. And then I'll read on through verse 8 and some other verses apply here. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And what Paul is doing here is he's setting up a contrast between a mindset that is based on the flesh, my own desires, what I want, how I can get ahead, how I can get my needs met, making sure everybody knows how I feel, a mindset that's based on the flesh versus a mindset of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And Paul is comparing these two throughout this whole section, but he's saying that these two are opposed to each other. It's a one or the other thing. And so point number two there, since they oppose each other, we either have a mindset for the flesh or for the Spirit. Village, you cannot live in the world and have a mindset of of flesh and be seeking your own interests and be guided by the Spirit at the same time. It cannot happen according to God's Word, not just according to my opinion. You can't live in both worlds successfully one or the other will control you with the songs when they you know, is it an annoying song stuck in your head or a good song stuck in your head one or the other will control you as we see in there in, in some of those verses especially verse seven and eight the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to god they can't be together they are at odds with each other It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. We are incapable of walking with God while our mindset is on this world and on the flesh. We cannot please God. In fact, verse 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Hebrews 11:6 has the same idea, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that he rewards those who seek Him. And Paul here is saying, "You either seek God, you seek the Holy Spirit, or you don't. There is no in-between. You know we can chase our own attitudes. We, we can chase this world, but we were made for more. We were made with an an eternal soul, with an eternal desire to be in relationship with God and to, to do God's will, to do God's work. And if we don't pursue that, if you're here today and you've never made that decision to follow Christ, you cannot be satisfied in this life without that eternal hole being filled with a relationship with God and doing His will. Everything else is chasing the wind. Now, the either or of this should make us take pause because either my mind is set on on the Holy Spirit and on God or my mind is set on the flesh. Those are the two options that Paul throughout this whole text keeps saying are at odds with each other. All the way from verse 5, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit on things of the Spirit. But what that means, consider this logic with me, is if I'm not intentionally setting my mind on Christ, on the Holy Spirit, if I'm not there, where am I? I'm in the flesh. Whether I want to admit it or not, this is sort of a self-check that if I'm not thinking intentionally about following God and ordering my life and being absorbed with the Holy Spirit and God, then I'm probably struggling with the flesh. Now, I know that as believers, we are all struggling with sin in this life, and we are all struggling with times we fall. But we're talking here a pattern of life, a a way of thinking. And if we aren't ordering our minds around the Holy Spirit, we need to start, because we are opening ourselves to all kinds of other crud this world wants to place on us. It's one or the other, you can't mix but it will always be one or the other. You know, an example I used to use with the youth is you don't want to mix lemonade and milk and drink it. In fact, we did that in class. I think when you were, we did that in class one time and the milk like curdles and, and someone actually drank it and got sick. And the, Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, I didn't harm your kids. When Yeah. Um. What an illustration of trying to mix the world and the spirit. What an illustration of trying to mix, I'm just going to be about my own desires a little bit. I'm just going to protect myself a little bit. I'm just going to chase after the entertainment of this world and the the fun of this world a little bit. Now, I'm not saying that that we can't enjoy this world. God gave it to us to enjoy, but when our mindset is focused on Him. Village, we play at Christianity so many times and it's mixing lemonade and milk and it's disgusting when we're not all in, when we're not sold out. And we give people the wrong impression of who Jesus is and what He's done and how amazing He is and how He's changed our lives. When you're thinking of resolutions, let's think about our mindset and who it's based on, what it's based on. Third point we see throughout this section. Where we choose to focus our mindset affects our behavior and has consequences where we choose to focus our minds affects our behavior and its consequences. We saw that again all the way through all, all the, the verses we've read, that if our mind is set on the flesh, we're going to live for the flesh. And they're at odds. And, and even in verse 6, to set the mind on the flesh is death. To set the mind on the spirit is life and Peace. And Paul is setting up this contrast again that applies. You know, we, we can look at this, was well, this here or in heaven? And I would say yes. It, it applies to both. He's setting up this contrast. Do we want death? And yes, that applies to, to separation from God. But also as we pursue the world and as we pursue our desires, man, it just opens up the door for all kinds of trouble in this life. And all kinds of unsatisfying things in this life. Not that it's not fun for a while, but it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't last. Or do we choose peace with God? And that peace there for eternity represents reconciliation with God, that our sins have been paid for. That on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty and He restored relationship with the Father that we can only have through Jesus Christ. But that peace then... Also refers to this life, and there's a life and peace in this life. Now, again, so many, so many churches nowadays are going to the health and wealth and saying, Well, see, that means you're going to be rich and healthy. That is not what that verse says. Let's just let's just say that straight up. That is not what that verse says. Peace refers to a trust in God, a contentment with God, a satisfaction with God, no matter what happens, even with the crud this world offers. That's peace. Peace is actually hope. Man, if if we're expecting life to be perfect and, and have health and wealth, then we have no hope because it ain't happening. Every person that has taught this in history has died. Except the ones doing it now. It's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. But by following God with a mindset focused on the Spirit, we can have peace through that. Because we know the Holy Spirit will never leave us. He is indwelling us no matter the situation. He is empowering us no matter the situation. That is real peace. See, where our minds are at, where our mindset is, whether it's the flesh or the Spirit, makes a huge difference for how we live life here, for how we get through life here. A mindset on the flesh, an indulgence, leads to stress, unhappiness, more depression and loneliness than ever before we're seeing in our culture right now. But a mindset focused on the Spirit leads to peace and life, life abundant with our Savior. It just doesn't seem like a hard choice, but yet we make it hard. We, we struggle with this discipline even though we know what is offered. Fourth point, just as we... Oh, let me read 10 through 13 before we leave that because they express the same thing. But if... if Christ, or Starting in verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Because we know the Spirit only dwells in those that have chosen to follow Christ. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And again, he's comparing death and life and all of this is comparing that our mindset affects our behavior and has consequences if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you and we we looked at this verse earlier in the series but we see that that paul's argument is if the holy spirit was able to raise jesus from the dead We know he can do the same thing for us. We sang about that this morning because that's the very same God that indwells us, the very same God that lives with us. And Paul is saying, don't worry about your future. The consequences of having a spirit-filled mindset are amazing. They are life. In verse 12, he says, So then, brothers, we are debtors. Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Again, a, a mindset on the flesh means a life that, is, that lives that out. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Again, the same theme, he's weaving it through. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Where we choose to focus our mindset affects our behavior and has consequences. And we fool ourselves if we think it doesn't. Because we can get away with it for a while but it has consequences. Those last two verses are are really point number four. Setting our minds on the Holy Spirit is a key to overcoming sin. Setting our minds on the Holy Spirit is a key to overcoming sin. Verse 12, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And we looked at a whole number of other verses about this too, but a mindset that's based on the Holy Spirit that we're constantly thinking, okay, I'm in the Word constantly, the fruit of the Spirit, how can I apply this in this situation? What does the Holy Spirit want to do in this situation? Those things, when we practice those things, those have an amazing way of, of working through sin in our lives and dealing with sin in our lives. And it doesn't even have to be direct, but with the two mindsets, and, and, and I know this goes to an old cliche of two dogs, but really the one you feed wins. The, the one you feed wins. And if we're feeding the flesh and we're constantly putting flesh stuff and world stuff in our heads, then, then we're, we're going to struggle with sin because that doesn't help us overcome sin. But just by feeding on the Word and feeding on the Holy Spirit and focusing on that, just by doing that, the desire for sin lessens. Because our desire is is for the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing that Paul is describing here. You put to death the deeds of the body. That's what the Holy Spirit helps us do. Again, the two mindsets are opposed to each other. But the more you practice putting your mind on the Holy Spirit, the more that you will see that desire for sin reduce. Never fully in this life, but it will reduce. And so part of the motivation for doing this passage, for setting our mind, for organizing our minds is to see sin lessened in our lives. That is the result. And and again, I know Paul is putting two sides forward, but if we're struggling with sin and we can't get past sin and we're struggling with things that we just keep beating our head against the wall because that sin is having victory for us, maybe one of the answers is to cultivate a spirit mindset. Maybe we... We need to stop just trying not to sin. Now, I'm not saying stop trying not to. Sin. We try not to sin, but maybe instead of that being the only thing we do, we start focusing on how much we love the Holy Spirit and how He's with us and what He's doing, and that focus will help us deal with that sin. Finally, verse fourteen, and really this is nine through fourteen, a promise that's in this whole section. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And Paul here, he's going to go there further as the chapter goes on, but he's taking this discussion of where our mindset is and that we belong to God because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit if we follow Him. And he's saying this is more than just you know, a, a, a cold, static decision. This is adoption. This is family. This means something. And so he says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, who set their minds on the Spirit, they are sons of God, sons and daughters of God. And and the passage goes on to say that the Holy Spirit helps us understand that and cry, Abba, Father, and know that we are adopted sons and daughters of the King. And that promise there, there, just that culminates this whole passage about a Spirit mindset if we believe in Christ, the life-giving Holy Spirit is in us, not might be in us, is in us and guarantees our eternal adoption in future. It's a lot of words, but I just so much is in this promise. If we believe in Christ, the life-giving Holy Spirit is in us and guarantees our eternal adoption in future. Friday was a special day at our home. Friday was was gotcha day. And nine years ago on Friday, we sat in a courtroom. I'm going to embarrass my kids right now. (laughs) Why do I always tear up when I talk about them? We sat in a courtroom and the adoption was final uh, of our two youngest ones. That wasn't just a cold legal decision. That was a decision that said they are family and they have all of our love and nothing will ever change that village this promise says if you follow god and set your mind on things of the spirit that you are adopted sons and daughters of the king nothing can change that with all the benefits of that with all the love of that with all the security of that oh that's a great promise and we're celebrating because the holy spirit actually drew you to christ but by celebrating that you're celebrating the work of the holy spirit Because he draws us to Christ. And so we celebrate gotcha day and we, because it's an exciting day. But today, if you don't know Christ, today could be your gotcha day with Christ. A day that you choose to follow him, that you say, I've had enough of this world and the junk in this world, and I'm going to go with the God who created it all, we messed it up, and then he sent his son to fix it all and redeem creation back to himself. I'm going to go there. That's a better option. And if you choose that today, then today... You are an adopted son or daughter of God, and it's your gotcha day. That's the promise that's woven through this along with what the Spirit wants to do with our minds. Spirit mindfulness. At the beginning, we said to have the fullness of life God wants for us, we must actively and intentionally develop a mindset focused on the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you to think about how that happened. I just gave some suggestions in point number one. You might have more. Share those with me. I'll add them to my notes for next time I teach through on the Holy Spirit. How can we have a mindset set on the Holy Spirit when we know it's a battle between the flesh and the Holy Spirit? I want to end by by talking about a glass. And um, how do I get the air out of this glass? I can blow in it. Can I blow the air out? No? No? You know what? A vacuum, right? If I just suck. It's not working. The air's, air's still in there. That That's a great representation for what living in this world's like. The air's all around us. The air of the, the flesh is all around us. That's what most people are at. And, and Uh, the story that I got this from, an engineer was asked how to get the air out of the glass and just tried all these different ways and setting up a a vacuum and all this stuff. And then someone else came along, and and I'm an engineer, so I'm not bagging on engineers at all. Someone else came along and just looked at the problem a whole different way. So I can do that. The air is out of glass. How did we get the air out of the glass? We filled it with something else. And if we want to fight the mindset of this world, the air of this world, that we are breathing, that we are in, because God has us here for His purpose, then we've got to replace the air in our minds. We've got to replace what we are thinking about with the Holy Spirit. And and for me, that was just a, a great illustration that I stole from someone else a great illustration of why we set our minds on the Spirit and what that does. We're replacing a mindset of the world that we're born with that is all around us. But we've got to choose to pour the water in. The water didn't just magically appear there. We've got to choose to pour it in and focus. So this week, as you make resolutions, make your main one a, a spirit mindset. Spirit mindfulness. Spirit mindfulness. How am I going to make sure I'm focusing on who the Spirit is, what He does, what He wants to do in every situation? Let's be intentional about that and see what happens in 2020 because the Holy Spirit has promised that He indwells us and will do amazing things when we allow Him to. Let's pray. Lord God, thank You for Your Word. For just a a simple reminder to be intentional about what we think about about setting our minds on you. And, and not just to set our minds on good things, but Lord, help us to set our minds on what the Holy Spirit would have, what his characteristics are, what he would want us to do. Help us to celebrate when we see him work. Lord, I pray that you would remove anything that is blocking the Holy Spirit from working in this congregation. That Lord, if there is sin blocking him, that we are holding on to, that mindset of the flesh, that you would reveal it, no matter how painful it is. Lord, and that we would see lives that are focused on you. Lord, each of us, I pray that you would help us to to do that in our own lives this week. That our overarching resolution would be, I am going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to set my mind on the Spirit. Lord, thank you for sending your Spirit. That we are not alone, that God is still with us, and we can face this world with your help and your strength. Thank you, Lord God, in your name.